everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the VZ Total Grassroots Football Podcast, brought to you by VO Technologies. My name's Gary. I'm going to be your host for this episode. Uh, the, the VZ Grassroots Football Podcast is all about grassroots football, right? Uh, it's about speaking to people across the community and finding out their own little corner of the, of the industry and their experiences and how, how, how we can better the industry, how we can support each other. And today I'm joined by Natalie Doyle from Sports Sister. Natalie, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me. Uh, what the listeners don't know is that we're actually in real life. Like we're face to face. Can you believe? This is only the second one we've done of this season where there's actually someone in the room. So I'm I'm, I'm excited and nervous at the same time. I'm excited to be out of the house. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, today, really the topic is about kind of first impressions, right? Yeah. Uh, so t- firstly, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of why, why you're sitting here in front of me. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the founder of a company called Sport Sister. So we work with organisations to grow women and girls participation in sport. Um, previously worked for the FA, county FAs, local authorities. I've worked in football development for probably about 20 years. Um, from a personal perspective, I'm a mum, two boys, age three and six. Um, and the eldest has just started in, to show an interest in getting involved in football. Great. So, do, do you think that interest, um, male, female, sorry? Two boys. Two boys, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think that interest has come because you've had such an involvement in football or is it just because it's lads, lads, lads? <laughs> he's not very lads, 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 to be honest, but I think it's actually more his friends. Right. So a couple of his friends have started to uh, show an interest and started to play for teams. Yeah. So now he's started to think about wanting to play for teams as well. So that's kind of where cool. the interest started. Um, and it's interesting to see things from the other side of the fence. I, I bet, yeah. So you obviously spent a lot of time in the FA. How was that that yeah yeah really good um yes i left there uh september last year worked there for a couple of years so before the not the rebrand but the the reapproach to england football right yes so that was kind of england anymore it's yeah england football now so it's not all under the fa banner there's england football for for certain elements of of the company now and that was kind of starting initial conversations during my time there right and yeah, so then you are looking to put your oldest into a club. Yes. So um, obviously did what a lot of parents would do in that situation, get yeah. onto good old Google and ask them what clubs we've got nearby. Cool. So that was, let's go through that process. Right? Yeah. So that was the first thing you did. Yeah. As a parent, you were like, right, football clubs near me. Yeah. Did you put grassroots football? Did you put school? Or did you just go football clubs near me and all of a sudden – like Man United popped up. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Man United wasn't one of the options. No. Um, <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> that might have been a bit of a big step, I think. But uh, Financially, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Football clubs near me, basically, I put I put in, um, and a lot of the clubs came up that I'd heard other parents talking about anyway. So some okay, of the other cool, parents. On the, uh, outside the schoolyard. Outside the yeah. school, yeah, telling me that their son is playing for this team and this team and this sure. team. So just sort of kind of confirmed the things that I, that I knew in terms of what was nearby. Um, so all great. Um, obviously you need to find a way to contact them. Yeah. Um, so I ended up on Facebook pages of local clubs. Cool. First, um, first impressions around that process there, because I would assume, obviously these are all volunteers, right? Yeah. They're, they're, no one really gets paid that much. Yeah. Uh, so the cheapest, easiest way to manage comms at a grassroots football level is a Facebook or Instagram page. Yeah, absolutely. And on Facebook as well, it's really good because you get an idea of how responsive the club is because it, it will tell you they usually respond within 20 24 hours or 48 hours sure. or whatever it will be. So that was great. So I, I knew that they were active on social media. Yeah. There were lots of posts on there for this club that I 
sort of identified as the one. Cool. So you cleared out all the red flags as opposed to they're they're not particularly active. Yeah. Then they might not be active on the field, for example. Yeah, exactly. So you know that they're they're using the social media page. So I thought, right, I'll I'll drop them a message. So I dropped them a message to see if they were looking for or if they were taking on any more under seven players. Yeah. Um, Got a message back saying, our teams are quite, they'd run a couple of under seven teams. Our teams are pretty full at the moment, but one of our teams is looking for a goalkeeper. Is he a goalkeeper? Right. Do they say, is he or is she or are they? Yeah, 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 exactly. Do they, so, do they lead with, you know, only, you know, I don't want to, no, I'm, I'm just saying, we are, I've I interviewed a couple of uh, other prominent females in grassroots football. And I think there is still that leading with is he yeah. rather than are they as such. Not, yeah. not necessarily the pronoun side, but a male skew, right? Yeah, to be fair. I mean, in my message, I think I had put uh, my son. I'm looking for a club for my son. Sure. So um, so they did all right on that on that part. The, the challenge for me is that he's never played. He might he might be a brilliant goalkeeper. I mean, he's quite tall. He's got quite large hands. Maybe he would be a great goalkeeper. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. But um, I don't want his. I wouldn't restrict him for his first experience of playing for a team to be that. Yeah, I found a team for you. But by the way, you have to stay in goal all the time. Yeah, and do you know what? I think even if you put someone in goal straight away, you know that could hinder their ongoing views on how cool football is. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's two elements. One, you're standing around doing nothing if you're a really good team. And two, you have to be a little bit off the wall, I think, to be a keeper. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You look at Grobler, Seaman. What's the the guy with his sons playing now? Schmeichel. Both Schmeichels. They're all just a little bit bit weird. Pickford, they're a little bit weird. Um, So, yes, I think, yeah. And you're totally right. He He might be a striker. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. And you know what? You know what players are like at that age as well. You, if you watch any sort of um, under sevens, under eights, all of those sort of younger age groups, it's just like bees round, bees round honey, isn't yeah. it? There's going to be a ball and they're all just going to chase it. And it's all a bit chaotic, but that's the joy of the Absolutely. initial experiences of playing the it's game. It's also not just about the football, right? It's about hanging out with Absolutely. the mates and getting out and about a bit of fresh air. Yeah. And to be honest, for me, I'm keen for if he wants to get involved in football, the football is great. And obviously I'm a huge football fan and passionate about the game but mm-hmm. actually for me the benefits are the other things he'll get about learning to win and lose about yeah. building relationships Brilliant. about all the different skills that he'll get outside of the actual sport are yeah. the most important things for me and probably are for a lot of parents um in terms of getting their kids involved in football so yeah. um yeah it was a bit it was a bit of a disappointing um response and it, it's hard to know how to respond to that without yeah. without sounding too yeah, thanks, but no, you're all right. <laughs> he wants to be a striker. Vio is the ultimate camera for capturing video in any major team sports, from soccer to basketball and football, you name it. And every day, thousands of teams on all levels all over the world record with Vio. If you're a coach, there is no easier way to analyze footage so you can better develop the talent you're working with. And if you're a player, there is no quicker way to share those special moments and maybe the not so special moments. But that, but they must come across that all the time, right? There is probably a cue as long as your arm uh, for strikers, right? And, yeah. and maybe not so many for goalkeepers. Yeah. So that clubs might, must get that all the time. And surely clubs are looking for more players. But yeah, you're right. You then have to try and obviously build the team around mm-hmm. that. Not everybody want, can play at the same time. Yeah. So, so how did that conversation go after that? Yeah, so I basically replied similar to what I've said here in terms of uh, he's ever played for a team. He doesn't have a preferred position. Yeah. I would 
you know, I'd like him to try all different elements of, of playing and see what, and find what he enjoys. Um, a few days passed. It wasn't quite so speedy a response this time. Yeah. Um, and the guy sitting there going, oh, I really need a keeper. <laughs> you sure he doesn't want to play his keeper? Um, yeah, they said, uh, I'll speak to the managers and I'll, um, I'll get back to you. So I was like, great, thank you. And then I never heard anything back. Oh, so, um, yeah, it was, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. I think it's really important when you're looking for a club to find a club that is in line with your values and the ethos of the club is something that you can get on board Absolutely, with. Yeah. So to be honest, by that point, I'd already kind of thought to myself, I don't think this is probably no. going to be the club for us. So going back to the ethos side, do you think these grassroots clubs do have prominent values and prominent ethos, or do you think it's just dad's, wanting to get out of the house on a Saturday to organise clubs because they love just being football. Yeah. Do you think they have this, or would you like to think that they have this ethos slash values, like a business as yeah. such? Yeah, I think it varies massively. I see some, I've worked with some fantastic clubs who have a really strong ethos and they they talk to their managers on a regular basis around what, what the ethos of the club is and everybody yeah. who gets involved needs to buy into that ethos. Yeah. And I think that's what's difficult because in terms of making a first impression, this club could have a brilliant ethos. It might just be that their communication isn't great. Sure. So they haven't communicated that to me. So I haven't had a great first impression. I've already got a little bit concerned about what the ethos of the club might be, but I might, I could be completely wrong. I yeah. could have completely read it wrong. And, and I'm surprised they didn't even like dig into first name, surname and see that you were XFA. <laughs> you might, they might've gone, Oh, actually we, we've just found a spot. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. This is why I always message from, uh, all from my your personal, email yeah. and personal email addresses just in case. Yeah. Because you want to get a real idea of what that of what that yeah, club sure. is like, obviously. So there are some there are some clubs who are doing it really, really well. And, Absolutely. and it's difficult. You know, I completely empathize with the challenges. As you said, they're volunteers. Yeah. Um, it's it's another thing that they have to consider as well as just getting the players out at the weekend and the challenges that come with that. Um, but I think there's I think there's some really easy changes that people can make in terms of improving what sort of first impression they give to people. Okay, cool. Let's run through those. Okay. Top, top three. I know, right? I'll put you on the spot wow, here. Yeah. Top three tips yeah. for grassroots clubs to build on their first impressions, right? I think the first one is um, speed of communication, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. you've actually, you've got to be responsive because that therefore then in the in the customer or client or parent's mind mm-hmm. is therefore they're going to be responsive on the field or they're, they're going to be attentive on the field right? yeah exactly if you think you think then that they're going to be well organized so if yeah. i if my if organization I, that's, that's exactly key. if yeah. i send my child there and i've got a concern they're going to deal with it quickly because they're they're organized and they know what they're doing yeah. and that is reflected by how effectively they communicate yeah i think with that also comes making sure that the people who are responsible for the communication know what the ethos of the club is yeah so they know actually how the teams are delivered at the weekend they don't need to be doing it they don't Mm -hmm. need to be the same people they most often will will not be the same people yeah um but making sure that they're really consistent in their communications because actually they're those people who are making that initial conversation with the parents yeah they're creating that first impression they're going to probably have some of the most lasting impressions in terms of what people think and how they perceive that club absolutely so i think that's probably one of the most important things and then uh, i think probably number two not, not necessarily in this order i think it, it, it is about players right you, you know there's the issue that you had around oh we've only got space for a keeper mm-hmm. it's like okay 
is there a way that they can structure that? Is there a better objection handling process that they can go through to say, actually, right now, no, we can put you on a waiting list yeah. to kind of keep that hook? Because actually, yes, you are XFA. They didn't know that. Yeah. You know, there could have been, you know. And, and it's irrelevant, really, as well, because, true. Yeah. It could, you know, it's just as important that everybody gets a good experience. A hundred percent. And secondly, you've got a second child. Yeah. That will probably want to play football in a year or two's time, right? Yeah. So it's actually thinking, you know, every club wants more players because therefore it's more subs. And, and then there's, mm-hmm. you know, just generally a larger club, right? Yeah. So I think, again, I think it goes probably goes back to that organisation side in the sense that they need to know what their roster is and what gaps they can fill. And if they can't fill it, what is their response? Yeah, absolutely. And it's and then that could be about dealing with other local clubs. So maybe you have a good relationship with other local clubs and you know that they're looking for players. So you can say, yes, yes we don't actually have space at the moment, but we know that such and such a club down the road is looking for players for that age group. Brilliant. So, so that that's that's definitely a good tip, right? Yeah. It's a bit like the taxi rank. You know, yeah. you ring up the taxi. Sorry, I'm going to but ring triple eight, triple eight. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they'll and then they'll do the same thing. Yeah. Because you'll you'll it's both be struggling community. at different age groups at different times. Absolutely. And you know, our local grassroots club. Uh, which we sponsored the under eights team. Uh, they are now starting to partner with the Walton Casuals, which is an adult team. Yeah. So it's two completely different you yeah. know, age groups. But now there's a partnership, and actually they share comms, Brilliant. they share advertising, quote unquote, over their Facebook pages. Walton yeah. Casuals post about AFC Brooklyn's and, and vice versa. You yeah. know, so that so I think it's build a surrounding community of other clubs around you is probably tip number two, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because also that can help, like you just said, in terms of volunteers. So if you're struggling. Oh, for- that is brilliant. How do you share that That's, resource that across multiple great. clubs? Yeah, 100%. And I think, well, do you know, we'll come to number three because we're probably about to answer it. You obviously went with another club. Yeah, so, well, we've we've messaged another club. Um, to be honest, as it, as it turns out, um, the desire from my son has kind of waned a little bit uh, now that putting on that green, again. thought of putting on the green jersey yeah he's got <laughs> he's got the uh he's got a bit nervous about it so um we have talked to other clubs and had some really good conversations as well to be fair and, but the thing is we're in a really fortunate situation where we live is that there's a lot of large clubs yeah with with multiple teams so we do have the choice and that won't always be the case if you sure. live somewhere more rural for example maybe you won't have all of those different yeah. choices what constitutes clubs. a good conversation so they, I mean, first of all, they had space. <laughs> okay, that's definitely a good start. But also, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, we welcome you. You can have a free session for your first session. Come along and see how you. How Brilliant. You... That's how the first team should have responded. Yeah, exactly. regardless of whether they had a space. Yeah. Hey, come along, check it out. You know, and then maybe they could have probably sold the 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 process of a keeper to the, you know put him in goal yeah put him in defense put him in, and let the, let him find out rather than pointing him down, down the right direction yeah exactly and I think that's what's been really surprising for me is when I um I put a post on LinkedIn about my experiences trying to find a club and had loads of people either commenting on it or messaging me saying that they'd had similar experiences or they'd gone for a first session and the child had had a bad experience and never gone back yeah so that's the next thing, isn't it? It's about first experiences before you even get to the session. But then once you get there, 
are you like welcoming the new players? Yeah. They probably need more support. They might not know anybody there. Absolutely. How do you make that enjoyable so that they come out and they're, they're just like to their, their parents saying, I really want to go back again next week. Yeah. Not, mm, I didn't really enjoy it. I don't yeah, want to extra hand again. holding to get the Because it is about acquiring new players, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where fundamentally, well, some of the funding comes from. Yeah. And obviously all grassroots clubs could do with more funding left, right, and centre. Yeah, because obviously all players that come in will likely be pay- paying some sort of subscriptions, some yep. sort of subs, um, and will that leads to income. It also makes you more further ingrained in the community because more parents are aware of what you're doing and talking about the great things that are happening within the club. So that's all good stuff. Um, So I think we've heard obviously both sides now, right? We, mm. we've heard from, you know, what, what the top three things clubs should do to acquire new players. Yeah. Uh, And we've also heard how a club should, uh, you know, go through the process with a parent on acquiring these. You know, I think you, you've obviously experienced it firsthand uh, and obviously you've supported clubs kind of going through that as well. Yeah. Uh, so talking about uh, what you do as a day job, apart from being a mum and yeah. you know, shipping kids to football teams <laughs> and cooking dinners and, and like, all the glamorous yeah, stuff. All that stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, you obviously also run a business. Yes. Yeah. So the business um, is predominantly around work with organisations. Like I said, it's really focusing on the women and girl side of things so generally working with uh, with the FA county FAs small-sided providers local authorities leagues to support them in terms of looking at how they get more women and girls involved in the game cool so this is sportsister.co.uk yeah um why why is that Why, why why does it exist because obviously participation levels for women and girls across sport are much lower than their male counterparts. We do find that we do a lot more work with football than other sports, obviously, because that's my background. Sure. And that's inevitably. Um, oh, so this isn't, happen. sorry, this isn't just football. This it's is sports just in football, general. Okay, cool. But it does end up being predominantly football, to yeah, be honest. Because there's a, pro- a predominantly male skew and obviously your background. Like yeah, you exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why it exists. It's trying to reduce that inequality if you like in terms of participation and there's some fantastic clubs and other groups out there doing really brilliant things to get more women and girls involved in the game so what do you guys do do you facilitate the conversation around getting more females into the into sport yeah so it generally depends we do project management services so that's a lot of the stuff that we do for the FA will be managing certain projects on their behalf project you mean by um so one of the things that we deliver is female friendly clubs training which is all around training clubs to be more female friendly oh, so okay, how do they cool. create the right environment within their clubs oh that's great um so that's one of the things that we do on behalf of the FA um, I also do um advisory sessions so like consultancy sessions with organizations to look at what their strategy is for increasing women and girls participation right and advise them on how they might approach it how they might tweak things that they're they're currently considering and then one of the things that we're looking at at the moment is a club support program so how do we work directly with clubs to offer them advice and support in terms of creating more female teams within their own within their own setups okay cool so so clubs sports organizations can approach you to say, we want to be better at inequality. Yeah. We want to reduce the inequality. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's the first thing that you do? What, what's the first step that you take into kind of going into a club or a sports org to say, right, what, what, you know, 
this is how we now, this is your strategy now to kind of include yeah. more women and girls. So the first thing is always a, a call, just have a little chat about what the challenges are yeah. and why they feel that they need support. Usually when they get to that point, it's because they've tried things already. And yeah, they, they understand they've got a problem. Yeah. And then that's the first step. Yeah, exactly. So that's usually the first bit is to have a, have a conversation about what the challenges are. And then we can start to think about ideas. Um, so that might mean a visit to the club more so now I've seen them in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and do, do you look at, I'm assuming, facilities as well as approach and strategy and mindset? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a physical and mental aspect of this, right? Yeah, so there's a huge thing about are your facilities welcoming to new players? So And also the requirements of what women and girls might need in terms of facilities sure. that might be different for men and boys. So separate change room, bathroom kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. At, at a minimum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, hot showers ideally that yeah. work. Um, things, <laughs> yeah. Lockable changing rooms are great if you can. Toilets with toilet roll and sanitary bins would be yeah. great. All of these sort of things that you'd think would be yeah. a given but obviously that's almost like the administrative stuff right yeah but what about the personnel stuff you know is there because we did we went through a massive project a little while back about sort of uh, mental health Mm -hmm. right and then you you know fostering the right type of environment for a player to approach the gaffer or whoever to be able to talk about their own mental health now we are talking about six seven eight nine-year-old kids yeah but I think obviously a women, uh, you know, a female approaching a coach or a ref, you know, there needs to maybe obviously a different way to approach that in terms of a boy yeah. or man approaching their coach or ref, right? Yeah. Is, is it that kind of stuff that you also help with? Yeah, absolutely. So we talk a lot about female role models. So people talk a lot about getting more female coaches into the game, but yeah there is a shortage of female coaches. There aren't enough out there at the moment. So how do you then integrate female role models into your club? So they might not be delivering the session, but maybe they're there at the session because some of the girls will feel more comfortable going to talk to a female about yeah. certain things than they would about Absolutely. a man. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, and I think the, the man also, I'm generalising, would probably feel more comfortable if the the, yeah. the mum or the woman could take over that kind of conversation. Yeah, right? so it's win-win situation, Absolutely. isn't it? So how do you look at the volunteers that you've got within your club and look at the skills that you've got? Yeah. And they don't need to know anything about football. No. But they'd be, they're just really, especially if they're parents, have really good rapport with the kids yeah. um, and they're just really approachable and can really um, develop that conversation with, with the girls. And that's really important. Yeah. So, so it's about assigning roles. I think just as a tip for people that first start to look into it, yeah. they need to assign roles, not so clinically, but what I mean is like someone needs to take on the responsibility yeah. of looking at their inequality in the club from a, both a mental and a physical aspect, right? Yeah, absolutely. I did a post, so I do like a monthly blog on the website um, about various topics. I did one last week around finding volunteers and keeping them. Um, and it talks about very similar things like that. So how do you look at the roles that you've got, look at the skills that you've got within your club and put people into the right places to try Love and get the, the best benefit that you can for everybody. Cool. So if uh, clubs want to take that next step, how do they get in touch? So the website is sportsister.co.uk. Uh, there's a messaging service on there. It's also got my email address, which is natalie at sportsister.co.uk. Brilliant. So they can get in touch. I'm um, assuming you're national as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Covering the whole country. So yeah, really keen to hear from anybody who needs help. And also if anybody wants to input what they think that club support program should look like that we're developing, then get in touch and let us know your thoughts. Amazing. So we've we've had some great tidbits today. We've got the, the top three tips for clubs to 
help acquire players or at least better their first impressions at grassroots level. Uh, and we've got a great organization there to kind of help the inequality around uh, women and girls in all sports, not just football. Absolutely. Amazing. Natalie, thanks very much for joining us. It's been great actually having someone in the studio. I know. I love it. So uh, listeners, thanks very much for tuning in. This has been the BZ Total Grassroots Football Podcast, brought to you by Vio Technologies. You can catch all other episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, there are plenty more guests in the wings. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you again soon. Cheers. Cheers.